It can be difficult to stay motivated when you and your teams are faced with challenges and lots of questions. Whether working on the front lines or from home, employees who are anxious about their future may be distracted, and they could, as a result, be less productive. Today, we'll talk to you about how you, as business owners and managers of great people, can keep your teams motivated through tough times like these. Hi, this is Jim Duffy here. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. As business owners and managers of people, we get it. We know all you're doing to help keep your employees, your customers, and your families safe. So joining me today are Dr. Susan Hanold and Amy Freshman. Susan is a talent strategy leader with more than 20 years experience in executive coaching and organizational development. Susan works with our clients to improve employee engagement and retention. She also guides our clients through big organizational changes. Susan was named a top woman in HR technology by Recruiting Daily. Amy has been with ADP for 25 years and has been an HR director leading strategic initiatives for the last eight. She leads our Flexible Work Arrangements program and was named a top 50 remote work expert to follow in 2019 by Remote How. Susan and Amy, I'm grateful you're here. I've been looking forward to our conversation and we appreciate your time. My pleasure. Happy to be here, Jim. Thank you. So before we talk about how we can keep our employees motivated through really challenging times, let's understand what drives human motivation. So to start, I'm going to get a little academic for a minute. So Susan, in a recent article, you discussed Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Can you briefly explain Maslow's theory and tell our listeners how it relates to me, to them, in the office? Sure, Jim. My article, Back to Basics, explains how Maslow's hierarchy of needs maps out five ascending levels of human needs. So from the base, starting at the bottom, upwards, the needs are physiological, safety, connection, esteem, and self-actualization. The idea is motivation is the result of our attempt at fulfilling these basic needs. So would Maslow's theory and model change in a pandemic like we're in now? Yeah, great question, Jim. So traditionally, we move up the hierarchy, but during times of uncertainty, we may regress down the hierarchy, focusing on our most basic needs like health and safety. Yeah, I would agree 100%, Susan, right? So today's world is all about core safety. Think as basic as food, water, shelter, right? That's safety. For some, for many, unfortunately, they're seeing financial hardships they never imagined. So this is really where the employer relationship is critical. So remember, especially in today's world, the lines of work and life and home have become blurred. If you can connect and make an impact with the work side of a human, it spills into their whole self and really is extremely impactful. So I would say on the overall, we all need empathy. We all need understanding at the very basic level today. So sure, safety is key. Over the past few months, the COVID pandemic has brought the responsibility to ensure a safe workplace into very sharp focus. Can you explain this as it pertains to COVID-19? So right now, employees want to know that their employers are putting their health and safety first, but they also want to feel emotionally safe. It's a balance. If an employee is worried about their future, concerned for their job, or worried that they may become sick at work, this can severely hamper morale. So what can employers do to help calm nerves? How can they help support their employees emotionally? Communication. So the best thing employers can do is to communicate measures the company is taking to protect employees. So, for example, maintaining social distancing, sanitizing the workplace frequently, and providing protective equipment. This is all important to communicate. 
employers may also want to consider when possible having employees return to work voluntarily at first or returning employees to the workplace in waves, starting with the most critical workers first. I've seen employers creating safety videos, really sharing their new procedures, what's new, what will be different, and showing commitment to customers' employees that they will be safe. So what about employees who are concerned about job security? Maybe they've been furloughed or their hours have been reduced. How can employers support these workers? Yeah, Jim, there's a, a lot of unanticipated change that's happening now, and it can be very stressful. And so whether an employee is furloughed or their hours have been reduced, they are still your employee and should be treated with care. Managers should reach out regularly to see how they are and provide any business updates to help keep them part of the company culture. This helps to provide connection and show the employee that you care. So for employees with jobs, employees want meaningful work and should be open to taking on new tasks as roles may shift. How can managers show employees like these, you know, for whom they care a great deal, about ways to support them? Yes, great question, Jim. So be thoughtful. Be very thoughtful about motivating your employees. Remember, the small things count. Small things can have a big impact. So I had a sales leader tell me this past week he sent handwritten notes, yes, handwritten notes to 100 of his employees. He believes the little unexpected things can be highly effective. And also, I would recommend checking in early and often. Relationships have always been important, and not surface relationships. Real relationships, genuine care and concern, empathy, willingness to take the time to invest in others. Now more than ever, we encourage everyone to check in with friends, family, neighbors, the world, and ask, how are you? Like, really, how are you? And take the time to listen. Like, really listen to the answers you get. These past few months, many experts have had growing concern about mental health. The impacts of a check-in, whether big or small, can be great, and at the risk of sounding cliche, could be life-changing. So stay in contact with friends and family and ask them the question, how are you doing? That's great. Thank you, Susan. You know, another Maslow need that caught my attention is connection. Can you tell us more about the need to stay connected and why? Well, we all want connection. Some want it more, some want it less, right? Well, in our professional lives, that connection can come through colleagues, clients, communities, or even in the abstract by working on a project that will make other people's lives better. These days, building a vibrant and connected workplace culture takes creativity. When workers feel a sense of belonging, they're more likely to be engaged. Successful companies will find ways to encourage these type of connections, and new skills are being needed right now and are emerging. One example is the value of having virtual collaboration skills. This will help us all feel connected once you have that skill. Yeah, Susan, I, I think of it like this, right? Humans are social animals. So whether you're a person who considers themselves an introvert, an extrovert, or anything in between, or leaning on either side, depending on the situation, personal work, etc., we all need people in our lives. So this sense of connection is critical to our mental health, and considering we spend most of our waking hours as working adults with our colleagues at work, and I use air quotes, whether virtual or in person, we really need each other to fill that sense of connection. Thanks for that. In addition to fostering connection, it's also important to recognize wins, big and small. From the lens of a COVID-19 world, how can employers help employees achieve esteem? 
So a positive perception of your own worth comes from feeling like you make valuable contributions to a greater goal, and that can help with esteem. So one way to reinforce this dynamic among employees, both in workplace and working from home, is for managers to keep the feedback loop going. Continue to recognize employees of their successes rather than simply waiting for the annual performance review to come around. Yeah, Susan. So, you know, it's, it's really amazing to me. The study after study, the recognition employees receive have been proven to be as impactful, sometimes more impactful than giving a person, say, a merit increase or a bonus or something financial. Interesting, just this past week, I celebrated a colleague on LinkedIn. Uh, this gentleman and I have worked together for a number of years, haven't actually connected in quite some time, but I noted just how appreciative I was of the work that he's done and what a great partner he's been. He almost immediately sent me an email and was just over the moon excited and um, appreciative of the note. And he said in quotes, you gave me a boost for the day. That, those were the words that he used. We ended up emailing back and forth a bit, kind of catching up and encouraging one another. So in the end, it turned out to be a win for me as well. It really solidified for me the concept of giving the gift or providing the kudos or giving that feedback um, and then realizing that it's often better than actually receiving the, the gift. Awesome. That's a great story, Amy. Uh, so far, we've discussed how connection in the workplace and recognition can go a long way to motivate employees. What else? How else can employers help motivate their teams? Trust. Trust is an important factor. We all want to feel trusted and as if we are the captains of our own ships. So to empower your employees and maximize their potential, carefully consider their skills and abilities and look to provide them with the opportunities to succeed, but also assign them challenges and meaningful work to solve in areas where they naturally excel. Of course, it doesn't mean overload them with responsibilities, just efficiently filling their bandwidth. So you're aiming for a scenario in which the employees say with confidence, I've got this, and you both know they really do. I would also add, Susan, in the process of doing so, also ask yourself, has any autonomy been taken away from your employees as a result of working remotely, social distancing, and maybe other aspects of the changing workplace? What new opportunities can you provide that will make your employees excited to continue to work hard to achieve? Answering these questions with honesty and with candor will certainly benefit everyone. So for employees that never worked remotely before the pandemic, even though many have been working remotely for a few months now, the transition might still be difficult. How can managers support employees and instill motivation and engagement? It's definitely a transition. I mean, show empathy, be empathetic. You know, it's okay to show vulnerability. I mean, some employees may be dealing with challenges like health issues, family challenges, lack of childcare, or just fear and anxiety. And for this reason, it's a good idea to provide training for leaders and managers on how to support employees. This includes education on how to build a compassionate environment, you know, the art of asking questions, and recognizing the signs of anxiety and stress. You know, a manager should look to assess essential work, like worker schedules and evaluate flexibility options. Uh, managers and leaders should ask, you know, can work schedules allow the opportunity for flexibility? Are systems in place to promote collaboration and support? 
So remote employees might need to adjust their work schedules to accommodate caregiving responsibilities. I mean, I see it in my, my own office uh, every day. How can employers embrace flexibility in a way that allows employees to balance work and family obligations? Yeah, Jim, great question. Right, flexibility really has us considering all aspects of work. So it's a much broader conversation on the how, where, and when the work actually gets done. But as you stated, you see it, I see it. In today's environment, I would say most employers understand the challenges with their employees. Many, if not all of us, in some way, shape, or form are juggling home and work all day, every day. In roles where it's possible, managers really should be providing leeway for employees to flex their schedules, perhaps as needed to care for those around them. So it may mean I start my day really early, I take a break midday to maybe tend to child care, elder care, et cetera, and then I resume work later in the day. Not only will it help reduce stress on the employee, it will likely fuel them to work harder, likely increase productivity in the long haul and impact retention and loyalty to the company. Thank you, Susan and Amy. Uh, excellent discussion. This has been really helpful. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts with us and our listeners. Uh, for details about connecting with Susan and Amy, check the episode description to follow them on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I want to thank you all for listening to HRpreneur. For information to help you navigate these unprecedented times, including FAQs, state and local guidance, forms and policies, checklists and more, please visit adp.com small biz COVID-19. Thanks again for joining us. Be well. Mm-hmm.